It's Thursday, August 23rd, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 233, Wahooka's Fish Tacos. Runtime for this episode is 46 minutes. Hello, and welcome to Last Time on Video Games. No relation to Stonewall Jackson, I'm Tyler. Stone is my least favorite building material. My name is Jeremy. I've always been a particular favorite of brick. My name is Zach. Oh no, my dog died. My name is Chris. So today we're talking about Stonekeep, in which a dog dies. That's really all you need to know about this game. Also, there's an evil wizard. That is true. A shadow wizard? I don't... It's a Sauron. There's just a Sauron (laughs) in this game. He's got the armor. I'm pretty sure he has the mace. Yeah. Does he have rain race though? Because those are actually kind of probably important. no. He does, not that I'm aware of. I didn't get very far in this game, so I'm not sure. I don't recall any wraiths, ring or otherwise. No Christmas um, wraiths. Yeah. No Thanksgiving wraiths. I'm done now. That's it. That's the podcast, guys. <laughs> this is why I start. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh... <laughs> because if I just unleash my jokes, it'll all come to a halt. I have to let you guys do that. So, we played Stonekeep, which does involve a dying dog. Also, it involves a lot of dungeon crawling from a first-person perspective, and a lot of dying, usually, and a lot of inventory management. But we'll get to that when we get to that. I, for one, spent quite a bit of time playing this game. Um, I, as no one is overly surprised, did not. Well, what did you play instead of a lot of this game, since you volunteered to speak, Zach? I did not volunteer to speak. Well, you spoke. (laughs) Which means you volunteered to speak more. I refuse to speak. Well, this isn't this is I will I will be spending the rest of the podcast using uh, sign language or else a uh, speech to text engine or text to speech engine that sounds exactly like you. That would be interesting. Type faster. So I've been playing a lot of MechWarrior online. What? And no one is surprised. I got the achievement. Seriously, I'm going to die. Oh, nice. Was that one of the ones that you were waiting to get? That one was one of the ones that kind of has to happen by random because you have to finish a game alive with less than 30 percent health yeah i know you got the one that was like under 50 percent recently uh yeah that one is a, oh crap i'm gonna die <laughs> and so I, if i remember that it's uh, oh crap i'm gonna die then the one that i just got like i said is uh, seriously i'm seriously i'm gonna die and the last one is uh yep dead for sure but have not gotten that one what's the threshold for the last one it's how like almost under dead 20, you could be under 20 percent okay that's pretty almost dead <laughs> so basically your legs and your torso <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i'll gnaw your legs off <laughs> but i got the achievement and it was a game where i got pretty beat up really really early on so i was running around with just an ac5 and a snub nose ppc and at the very end it was just me and this other dude and i'm like yep i'm gonna die because i have like nothing left and he came around the corner of, of a hill on my least favorite map and i put a snub cannon right into the center torso and killed him from to- behind or from the front okay so you just reacted faster than he did or Okay. Pretty much. So I just put the round right into the middle. It was like, I, yes, I'm not dead. Huzzah. I'm actually working on a personal project. I'm trying to build Widowmaker in that game, but I don't have the right chassis yet. Widowmaker, the Overwatch character, or Widowmaker, the random mech I've never heard of? Widowmaker, the uh, personal mech of Natasha Kerensky, the Black Widow. 
I feel like these are all a bunch of proper nouns I should probably know. She's the fourth Black Widow after Scarlett Johansson died, and then her daughter was Black Widow for a little bit, but fans didn't really react well to her, <laughs> and the writer didn't know there was a third Black Widow, so he just created a fourth. So <laughs> she's one of like the big names in Battletech, so I was curious to know if you could actually build her mech. And the answer is, yes, you can, and yes, I'm going to. The way MechWarrior Online works, it's probably going to be terrible. That's not going to stop me from building it. As it shouldn't. It uh, might stop you from playing it very often, but... Yes, it probably will stop me from playing it very often, but I'm going to build it. You can also build Prometheus and Hohiro, but I want to build Widowmaker first. Which are two other, like, personal mechs belonging to big-name characters in that universe. I've been playing a lot of that. I got over 1,100 damage in a single game in my Vulture in one game. Is, is that a lot? I, I usually know. hover right around 500 damage Okay. in the Vulture, so getting over 1,100, which made it even more annoying that my team lost. So I was like, I did the most damage in the game, and we lost. This is how I feel playing Splatoon, usually. Well, MechWare Online is kind of a weird one, because a lot of the times if somebody dies, it's got a cascading effect, because you don't come back in, and usually the team that loses a guy steadily loses more and more armor and weapons as the game goes on. Yeah, because they start steamrolling them, right? Because they run out of resources. Yeah, they don't have the resources to look at the guns, the ammunition, because it goes away faster when you're behind because people can force things a lot easier. Yeah, that, that was fun. I got, an, I got an exactly 600 damage in my urban mech in one game, which was really funny. It's like, I'm in a light mech and got exactly 600 damage. Not, not 601, not, not 637, 600. How close does that put you to dead? Well, that's damage I dealt, not damage I oh, took. Oh, okay. I thought you said you took 600 no, damage. No, I, I did seven or 600 damage in my urban mech. Yeah, that's that's what you say when you get hit. Like, I, I did a punch. I did a hit. Like, I can actually do that much more reliably in that, because I have my urban mech modified, because the standard urban mech is one of the slowest mechs in the game, because it's one of the slowest mechs on the tabletop. It's got little stubby legs. Well, it's got little stubby legs, and it's a dirt cheap, let's just churn these things out as quickly as possible style of mech. But he's very dangerous over short distances. It's designed to f defend urban centers, so yeah. It's a 2-3-2 two, 30-ton two, mech. Yeah, not not great. 30 is pretty light, right? 30 is a light, yeah. Okay. There's only 20 and 25 ton mechs that are lighter than it, but pretty much everything is faster, which is usually what light mechs survive on, is speed. I generally play heavy mechs, like my Vulture or my Riffleman. Your Riffleman? My Riffleman, yeah. Okay. Does he shuffle around the No, he eats Riffle brand potato chips. Not really. It's You're really riffling my feathers with that. One of the nice things about that one is that it's got the standard engine, so I can lose both side torsos and not be dead. Okay. Unfortunately, it doesn't have any center torso mounted hard points, so if I lose both side torsos, I don't have any guns. You don't need those. I'm just not dead. Can you run around and, like, bash into people from the you side? You can, but it doesn't do any damage, really. Aww. So basically, so that you is how you get fodder. your new achievement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if I would get it with one of the mechs I was running, because I got that low, but I didn't have any guns left, so I just parked myself behind a building and shut down, because it's like, I, I literally can't do anything. I died. Because somebody <laughs> noticed me. Although it was it was actually kind of funny because I was and sitting then there, I died. I was sitting there waiting, and somebody walked up, looked straight at me, and then just wandered off. Like they didn't even notice me standing there. <laughs> like, all right, you blended with the shrubbery without your guns. But still a fun game. I really enjoy it, and since it's a free game, are you still playing it with Cody a lot? Kinda, <laughs> kinda. 
Like, I wasn't really playing it a whole lot with Cody to begin with. Okay. Well, you two were, like, playing it at the same time a lot. We are playing it at the same time. We're not necessarily playing together. Okay. Because the way that one, it has a group queue and a solo queue. So you, if you're playing alone, you don't usually get grouped up with people who are in groups. And if you're playing as a group, even with two people, you're getting grouped with other groups. Those are words. <laughs> and, and I think his point is, if you're going with one other person, you'll go in against a group of like nine people who can collaborate a lot better than two people. Yeah, it puts groups of varying sizes together to form te- the teams of 12, whereas solo queue is all solo players. Okay. Or in theory is supposed to be all solo players. So you prefer to work on your own with loose coordination than have to die against the team that has tight coordination. Well, it's about a 50-50 split, because sometimes teams will just work better than yours, even if they are just solo. I prefer to play that a lot of the time just because... And some of the times, it's like yesterday I was playing online, and they were online, but it's like, I'm not going to be online very often, or very long, because I need to go get my parents, because I had to pick them up from the airport. So I was like, I'm not going to join a game and then be like, oh yeah, I gotta leave now. I'm not sure where I was hoping you were going to pick your parents up from, but airport was actually pretty near the bottom of the list. What else, Zach? It's basically been entirely MechWarrior Online. Just trying to chug through that gets the amount of money I need in order to modify that, or get the chassis and modify it to make it into Widowmaker. There hasn't really been a whole lot of OMG, that was amazing moments, other than that massive damage game and the uh, getting of the achievement for nearly getting killed. So, like I said, it's a fun game. I would recommend trying it. Especially since it's a free-to-play. Yeah, it's a free-to-play game, so you can try it and decide whether or not you like the idea. It's a fine, like, because of the way it's a blad of damage, it's a different style. You can still get immediately killed if you get cored out, but... Oh, I will point out, it's ablative? Ablative means you're applying a sandwich to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> a blat. Bacon, lettuce, avocado, tomato? For those who can't see... Zach is shaking his head. Yeah, he died. So since Zach's <laughs> incapacitated, what did you made up to, Chris? Also, a little bit of MechWarrior Online. I decided to give it a try and found out I am horrible at it. What cool mech did you use? I tried an Atlas, got demolished as an Atlas, which should not really be possible, but when you're like me and decide to just charge the enemy team and go six <laughs> against one, doesn't work out Not in even favor. the king of the battle mechs can sustain that damage. Then on Zach's, what's the word I'm looking for? Recommendation. Yes, that one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I got a Piranha, which is a light mech that's really fast and has a bunch of machine guns. Apparently, I got the wrong one, though, because it's not only machine guns. You got a min-max that there's machine guns. (laughs) The PIR-1 Piranha is the one I was thinking of. He did not get that one. You remember Counter-Strike? Machine gun. Machine gun. I thought Counter-Strike was all about the scout rifle. Yeah, I meant, uh, <laughs> I definitely meant Time Crisis. I don't know why it's Counter-Strike. Oh, okay. Disclaimer, I'm very tired. That's why Tyler is hosting this episode. So uh, with yep. the Parada, my first epi- uh, my first try with him, I decided to try to go around and sneak attack him from behind. Apparently, I was seen, and I think was hit by a gauze cannon in one shot. So from then on, I basically waited for my team to start fighting and then I would run up and zigzag between all the enemies, shooting them while doing so, hoping that they'll shoot each other, trying to hit me. That has worked for me a little bit, but I still don't get over, like, 250 damage, so... Although support is not a bad role to play. I'm, I'm not sure if you're an effective support, but... I, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think I'm supporting. I think I'm more of a gnat to the enemy team, because they're <laughs> trying to shoot me, and 
missing most of the time, but at the same time, I'm really not doing much damage to them either. You're draining their ammo. Your harassment. If I remember correctly, you're playing the one that has a whole bunch of AMS systems on board. Yes. So what you really should be doing is hanging around your other guys and using your AMS systems to protect them. If I knew how to use an AMS system, I might do that. It does it automatically. (laughs) If there's any enemy missiles within 120 meters of you, it automatically engages. Good to know. So it's an automatic anti-missile system. It's an automatic anti-missile system. Anti-mayonnaise sandwich. I don't know why I'm about sandwiches tonight, but apparently I am. Anyways, <laughs> so besides MechWarrior, I've been playing more Rainbow Six Siege. Still getting my butt kicked on that. I usually have about one good game a day. Out of how many? Do we want to know the ratio? <laughs> uh, it really depends on the day, how many people are playing and how long they play. Usually other people rage quit before me, but I think it's probably because I'm playing with them. <laughs> I don't know. We usually sit down and play about six games together, so... Usually about one in six. Do you win one in six, or do you just have, like, a good game out oh, of six? Oh, no. Me, personally, have a good game where I get at least five kills. We Isn't that usually... an entire team? Or, or you mean threat around? Me. Like, for the entire game. So, out of a game of, say, normally about seven rounds, gotcha. I get about okay, five kills. Okay, you get five kills. Okay. I thought you, I thought you meant five kills in one round. No, 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 no. Which is very, very good. Five kills in one round is considered an ace, because that is the entire enemy team. exactly. I think I've done that maybe three times on the computer, and about seven times total. That was a couple interesting days playing that. Also, been playing a lot of a mobile game, uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Been on that since Mother's Day. It's not Dokkan Battle, so we don't care. Fair (laughs) enough. I had a uh, manager who played Galaxy of Heroes instead of doing his job for a while. Yeah, that tends to happen. Actually, my wife's manager does that. Actually, most of her store does that. Been playing Diablo 3 on and off. Season 14 came out. I wanted to try to get the other stuff from that. Um, <laughs> Season 14? Yes. It's an old game. It is an old game. Which what what class to... do you play? Lately, I've been playing the Crusader. Um, it's a very walk around and blow stuff up by pulling stuff to you and exploding. Very simple build. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of Crusaders. Gravity powers and explosions. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, if you played Odin Sphere, yes. Okay, I need to. It's on the list. That's my regular character. My hardcore character is a wizard, actually. That's um, correct. You're mispronouncing it, though. No, no, it's fine. Wizard is very specific. Okay. I don't know why he does that, and I don't know if I, I want to. I don't know to. where it comes from either, <laughs> exactly. honestly, but I enjoy it. So. None of us do. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. I'm sure it's something. Well... So those are my Diablo 3 characters. I also had a whirlwind barbarian. So he's a lot of fun. Just walk around spinning, killing everything. It's a good trick. I can't think of any other games besides the ones mentioned on the last last podcast. Dauntless. Yeah, no, that's basically it. All Jeremy, right. what have you been doing? So I played some Dragon Ball Fighters because Evo got me all excited for it and Goku and Vegeta come out tomorrow when we're recording this. Regular Goku and yes. regular Vegeta? Yes. I'm disappointed in these yeah. additions for characters. Goku's Kaioken has this interesting mechanic where he's like Dark Phoenix. The more characters on your team that have been defeated, the stronger it gets. That's I'm of kind of interested in that, but I am disappointed in the choice of characters. When Yeah, of, of the entire cast of Dragon Ball, they could have Could have been Mr. From. Satan, Videl. Kale, Cauliflower. Pilaf. They, they <laughs> Bulma. don't have any of these? No. But, yeah. but they got 10 different Gokus now. So now you can have actually multiple variations of the meme team. Yeah, so you can the, have multiple teams of all Goku. 
So the next one that'll be coming out is actually Super Saiyan 3 Goku. So it won't just be his Super, Super Saiyan attack. 4 Goku. No, Super, it'll be Super Saiyan 3 Goku and Super Saiyan 4 Goku. Yep. They'll be uh, together. I was to say, if they add Super Saiyan 4, I demand Pan. If they're going to go Wait, GT, no. then I want Pan. So do I. Me and Jeremy have had conversations about GT. I like Pan as a character, but man, Pan does not actually ever do anything in GT. Uh-huh. That's the problem with everyone in GT, unless their name is Goku. Or you count having a sweet mustache as doing something. Other than that, let's see. My brother keeps trying to get me to play World of Warcraft, and playing Warcraft 3 like has me jonesing for it, so I might. Don't, but I don't do it. Don't do it. But I haven't done it yet. I wouldn't get back into that. Look, I can quit anytime I want. I haven't even started. <laughs> quit while you're ahead? Uh, the only other thing I've been playing is a magical high school girl. Oh, man. <laughs> this game. <laughs> I don't know that I'd call it a good game. No, it's what? very amusing, though. So you play a high school girl coming home from high school, and you see an anime witch, and she's like, ah, I hurt my head. Do you have a Band-Aid? And you're like, sure. He's like, okay, as a reward, now you're a witch. And also, you're trapped in this town, and you need to get home. Is, and now there are monsters. Is this a browser game, like Kingdom of No, Loathing? it was $15. It's a roguelike in the style of like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. The major gimmick is you have different spells. They take MP, but MP is also basically your HP. So you have to conserve it. The real gimmick is you find these crystals and you name your spells. And that and, affects what they do. Yes. So if you do a spell called like Lightning Blade, it will be like a short-range lightning spell. If or if you, you do Supreme Thunder, it'll be a super mana-heavy giant blast. If you do Kamehameha... It does exactly what you think it does. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the, the fact it actually has some contextual interpretation, as far as I can tell, where like if you name it something, it does kind of what you expect most of the time. Unless you do, you're like, ah, oh, Kamehameha worked. What about Rasengan? This summons a nature spirit. Well. Okay. <laughs> what about Moon Tiara action? <laughs> it shoots ice. What about okay. Spirit Shaka? Oh, I didn't try Spirit Gun. I should try Spirit Gun. I've been thinking about Yu Yu Hakusho a lot. I was saying, when you first started describing this, it sounded like a very bad version of Yu Yu Hakusho. No, that's Bleach. He's not wrong. So yeah, I played it a little bit. I played it until I died. It's a roguelike. You get to keep your spells and your levels, but start over in your progress. And the areas are so samey that I honestly wasn't really interested in going on with it. And the music's not great. And in case it wasn't obvious, I also played a little bit of this because Jeremy on Saturday or Sunday was like, hey, if I get a game named this, would you also want to get this game? I'm like, well, there's only two possible options of this. Yes, and also definitely yes. So I also got a game called A Magical High School Girl because why wouldn't I? Yeah, unfortunately, the premise isn't nearly as good as I was hoping. Don't you mean the execution wasn't quite as good as you were hoping? For? I guess that's what I missed. Also, the premise is just that. You read the description on the website, and that's exactly it. There's no more, no less. Like, nothing else goes Exactly on. what it says on the tin. Yep. And Kamehameha. It did remind me of this one random JRPG I played forever ago, where the main gimmick is that you could name spells, and they did different things based on the names of the spells, but if you went around and talked to NPCs, you could gather the pieces of the magic words to make the ultimate spells that were slightly more effective than the other spells, but often just typing random-ass text was more effective. Random-ass text is the next spell I should try in a magical <laughs> Did you try Spirit game. Bomb? I did not. I figured that it would be like one per series. I'm like, oh, Naruto's super popular. Rasengan, obviously, but no. No. I don't Rasen know any Shuriken? attacks from Hunter Hunter. I it, Are there any named attacks in Fairy Tale? There's quite a few. I know nothing about Fairy Tale except that one episode of Death Battle. I didn't try Detroit Smash. 
Now, the question is, is it Detroit Smash or is it Detroit Smash? So what else have you been playing besides <laughs> a magical high school girl, Tyler? Actually, not a whole lot. I played a little bit more Arkham Knight. The game tells me I'm like 92% done with the plot now. I still haven't gotten to the twist yet, I guess. I feel like you did. I don't. You just I may did. not realize that you did. I, I don't. I feel like that's what you were talking about last week, but... No, no, the twist that I was talking about last week was that Batman is a Joker. Is okay. a the Joker. I mean, yeah. Anyway, you can keep going. There's more <laughs> game left to play. Yeah, no whole lot outside of that. I've played a little bit of Smash. I've been, like, randomly playing board games occasionally. One of my coworkers got me to play Mario Run for a while. I'm not sure it's my thing. It's a little too simple. Yeah, that's my feelings on it, too. <laughs> what else have I been playing? I've been looking for a good RPG to play, and for some reason, I don't know why. I just keep not playing Disgaea. Even though I'm like halfway through Disgaea and it's a fun game and I just don't pick it back up for some reason. Instead, I've been looking for a random JRPG to play and like I keep considering just playing Chrono Trigger again. I'm like, that's a bad idea. I played that game like five times. I should play something new. You can definitely do worse than just playing Chrono Trigger again. You can play Final Fantasy 15. That's on Steam now. That is a good point. I'll have to wait until I beat Arkham Knight because it's taking up half my hard drive. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you probably don't want both at the same time. It's also not very rpg it's more like a cool combat game with like MMO-ish RPG quest mechanics. And then eventually after 60 hours, those run out and you have to face the terrible story. <laughs> Final Fantasy X is also on Steam. Yeah, I've also played that game like three or four times. I don't know how, but... Recently? Because you played it three or four times 12 years ago. Yeah, well, I've played it since then, so I don't know. Five to a dozen times. Or Octopath Traveler. It's pr oh, full price right now, yes. but that's definitely worth considering. Yeah, that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. I thought of because you get to choose which character is the protagonist is one of the mechanics of Octopath. And I saw an article that's like, this is who you should choose depending on what Final Fantasy character you like. And they were all Final Fantasy X characters and Lightning. I'm uh, like, so this was an article just for me? Isn't this game based on Final Fantasy VI? How are there no Final Fantasy VI character comparisons here? Too old. Um, I was going to say, that's actually the main mechanic of Secret of Mana 3, is you have six characters, and you choose which one's the main character, and then you choose two ancillary characters. So they, like, the other two get subplots of decreasing importance, depending on how you chose them. That's kind of cool. But otherwise, you follow the main storyline of whoever you chose as the main character, which is fun. But... You get to go dungeon crawling in all these games, like you do in the game that we played this week, which is pretty much just exclusively dungeon crawling. I guess it also becomes town crawling at some point, apparently. Because we played Stonekeep this week. You but I didn't get very far in this. Do you eventually go from dungeon to town to pub? Um, no, no, you should. No, no pub crawling? Uh, presumably, the amazing lumberjack in the intro to this game goes pub crawling while you're out dungeon crawling, but... I was going to say, you forgot the most important part of the game, which is at the start, the brilliant cutscene. Oh, I was getting there. This game opens with a quasi-live-action over green screen cutscene. It is the best quality video that a 90s video game can offer. A, like, woman wandering through town handing apples to people, I guess? And you really, what you need to focus on is the lumberjack, who has way too much screen time. Anyway... After you get through the excellent Lumberjack Apple Girl romance, she tosses an apple up to the main character, whose name I forget, Brian Drake. Brandon Drake. That's it. I really wanted him to be Brandon for some reason. Is Josh in this game? No. No. Alternatively, that's your dark nemesis, Josh the Sauron. Josh 
eats an apple, and then all of a sudden darkness starts darkening his room and kills his dog. It dissolves no, his my dog. dog. And then the town gets sucked into a dark portal, and some sort of fairy magic is like, you must jump into the portal to save the town. And then you jump in, and all of a sudden you turn into the Doom Guy, except without any armor. You're now shirtless Doom Guy. And that's how the game begins. Then you wake up in, like, a dungeon in first-person perspective mode, and you never see yourself again. With the exception of a little window that's following you around. Well, yeah. So the very first thing you do in this game is pick up a bunch of stuff on the ground. You're stuck in a room with a fairly simple puzzle that mostly ends up being pull a lever to open a door. You wander around a dungeon and auto-generate a map. You eventually pick up various weapons and fight various monsters. Really, the key to the game is pick up absolutely everything you find, click on basically everything you can see, and eventually discover mild secrets that may or may not be of any importance. Sometimes you get cool weapons, sometimes you just get, like, the plot item you need to progress. The game mostly involves labyrinth exploring. It's made a bit easier by the fact that the map auto-generates. I guess really the primary challenge in this is knowing when there are going to be rooms full of monsters. I noticed that if there are doors, their monsters can't go through doorways. They can go through hallways, but not doorways. Or I guess they don't get triggered unless you go through them. I don't know. I definitely opened a door once and found a not goblin, which are the most plentiful enemies in this game. And he just like stood there and stared at me. Staring contest. The goblin's worst nightmare. Yeah, except they're not goblins. They're like shawarmas or something. Shawarmas? Yes, they are shawarma sandwiches. Again, it's a very sandwich heavy night. I don't know why. Yeah, it is. What's the combat system in this game like? Because I tried fighting some bugs. Mash, and... click, everything. Yeah, that, that's where I was going next, is the combat in this game generally revolves on clicking really, really fast. And there's not a whole lot of strategy to it. Aside from kind of kiting, you can kind of, like, attack and then back up and do that repetitively. It's not very forgiving, though, because if you get mobbed by multiple enemies, if you don't respond quickly or if you're just unprepared for the attack, you will die almost immediately. So, and it doesn't help that the hitboxes are not very good. Yeah, the, so it makes it really hard because there's some things like the snakes that will pop up on your screen and you have to hit it right when it pops up because if it goes down even a little bit, you miss the hitbox. Yeah, it's imprecise and not imprecise in the direction of generous. They're stingy with their hits. Later on in the game, you end up finding, like, Sarlaccs, basically. <laughs> so you just not walk towards them? They're mobile Sarlaccs. They're more like angry mobile starfish. You first encounter them in the sewers and then eventually get the levels of the dungeon where they're just regular monsters wandering around and they're horrifying. They're horrifying. Yeah, but most of the combat devolves to mash buttons, so really you want to pick the weapon with your favorite attack pattern. The game has an interesting mechanic, kind of like newer Elder Scrolls games ended up having, where the more you use a skill, the better you become at a skill. So if you use swords a lot, you get better at doing damage with swords. Is there any critical hit or anything like that that factors in, or is it just straight damage? I did not notice a critical hit. I don't know. It's, Chris has played this game a lot I, more than I don't I have. think there's a critical hit. It's just based off of the weapon that you're using and how many times you can hit. Being more proficient with the item itself will make you hit more, but there's not really a critical hit, I would say. Just random swarmas, sharks, or whatever have more <laughs> health than others. Yeah, I did not play much of this game either. I found I really, really don't like first-person dungeon navigation, especially when you have to like find weird levers to find equipment. Are there, like, magic swords, or are all swords the same? There's magic swords. Actually, one of the first places, I think it's in the, the second level, there's, like, a fire pit, and you could reach in 
and grab a dagger of precision or something like that. Which is not a thing you would necessarily expect to do. Like, why would you reach into the it's fire one pit, of those but... things that you kind of have to learn about by playing the game. Yeah, one of the best weapons in the game I learned is actually in the first room. I didn't actually get to do this. I learned about it after the fact. Where if you, like, mess around with a series of levers and, like, wander around for a while, eventually a panel opens up and there's a dagger that's ridiculously powerful just sitting there. And that's a cool idea, but the fact that there's nothing to hint at any of the secrets really, like, makes them just these weird things that are kind of not necessarily, like, guide dang it moments, because I don't think they were put in there to sell strategy guides. No, they're moon logic-y, because, like, they're not necessary to complete the game, usually. There are a couple that are. But they're not as good as, like, the secrets in Doom, which Doom is an incredibly hard bar. But where, like, you can see there's something out there, or you can see spots on the map where yeah, you, can you have see, an access. Like, I can get over there. I don't know how I can get over there, but I know I can get over there, and I'm going to figure that out. And there aren't, like, NPCs to give you riddles or sing you cryptic songs. Oh, you say that. In fact, there actually is an NPC that gives you random tips in the form of riddles that oh, wait, is q in this these. game are you telling me q is in this no game? it's it's wahooka's fish tacos he, he's not actually wrong it is wahooka <laughs> yeah fish he's tacos he, he's a schwarg shwarma he's a not goblin who uh gives you secrets in exchange for currency and he tells you mostly useful things what are the other uses for currency i assume you find shops i don't remember seeing any shops. I mean, the town is doomed into a chasm, so throwing it at not-goblins is very helpful sometimes. <laughs> it can distract them. It, like, bounces off of their forehead. I mentioned, I think off the mics, I got myself into a position because I was trying to, like, get good with every single weapon. The game doesn't have respawning e enemies, um, so you really want to min-max your skills. But in order to get around that, I ended up using a lot of magic. You get a variety of spells. I was a fan of just straight-up fireball. But there are some things on the map that, like, are healing items or, like, magic pools. So if you mark where they are in your map mentally, um, or I guess in the game's actually fairly comprehensive note-taking system, you can always wander back to that and uh, progress through the game that way. Magic ends up being your better tool later on anyway. That just sounds like annoying and kind of a pain in the ass like if you admin max a weapon it's not nearly as necessary but i feel like the magic is your highest damage output anyway so i'm not actually sure which is faster over the course of the game using a bunch of magic and then backtracking or like sitting there and like stabbing at something with a spear forever there are some enemies that get pretty tanky later in the game well uh, to counter that point like you were saying before the enemies don't actually go through doors so when i got to a part that was really difficult for me I'd go and back up through the door, open it, and just start shooting arrows at it. Yep, you can definitely do that. <laughs> I think this game suffers from a little bit of, like, the levels all feel very samey. Like, a lot of the dungeon corridors use the exact same graphics until you progress to, like, the next area of dungeon-type things. The first several levels feel really a lot the same. There's also some, like, really weirdly hidden, like, single-pixel things you have to click on for secrets. Some of the actual, like, progression, like, so this is my favorite example of this. It's, like, not really a moon logic thing, but, like, it is kind of a guide dated moment where you're wandering through the sewers and in order to find a plot item that you need to progress through the game. You just have to wander around for a while until you randomly step on something, and then you have to, like, your character has a voice line that goes, like, ow, my foot, and you have to look down to where you just stepped through the water, I guess, and pick up the thing you just stepped on. And, like, that's not really a thing that you would know to do unless you played the game before or had a guide in front of you. Kind of a similar problem is this also means that you want to pick up literally everything you ever come across. 
which wouldn't be that bad except you have like this giant inventory system and as you progress through the game the only way to like navigate your inventory to use items is to scroll through it and it doesn't scroll super fast so if you have like an item at the opposite end of your inventory you have to sit there and just like scroll for a while to get to it engaging like, yeah it's it's super engaging like i assume there are no inventory limits uh not as far as i could tell you can pick up a lot of stuff well, i mean especially if you're if they're expecting you to pick up everything you come across you can't really expect everyone to pick up everything they come across and impl- impose inventory limits i mean you could but you'd be a really really big dick as opposed to just a really big dick well like i'm not sure if that's what the game wants for you to pick up everything like it has a weird combination feel of like a point and click adventure but also an action game i guess we've actually seen that kind of implemented fairly well in like Fallout is kind of a point-and-click adventure, but also an action game, although it's more a strategy game in the early iterations. I guess it's not impossible, and frankly, for the time this game came out, it was really ambitious, I think. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because its reach kind of exceeded its grasp. Stonekeep came out in 1995. They started development in 1988. It was, at the time, the longest development cycle for a video game ever. I don't think it was passed until Duke Nukem Forever, which was technically in development, I think, forever. I think it's still in development, (laughs) even though it's come out. They kept having to redo everything from scratch because, like, CDs came out, and they're like, oh, let's make this game on CD now, and technology kept changing, so they kept having to go back, and then they just had worse and worse feature creep, so it took seven years, all told, to make the game, although it was only apparently five where it was in super active development. I feel like that's actually kind of the reason that Duke Nukem Forever had such a long development Well, at first, and then they just stopped, and then someone else started. Coincidentally, I was looking this up just now because I compared this game off mics to Arena, the first Elder Scrolls game a lot, which came out actually only one year before this. This game looks better, but I think it's a little less functional around the edges. Yeah, for 1995, it looks very, very good. The opening cinematic, like it's very cheesy and I want to make fun of it forever, but it does look good. Like it has a production budget, clearly. Yeah. They were able to hire actors. Yeah, there's green screen in the background with the castle that's definitely there, guys. It's actually not bad, especially for the time. They did a pretty good job with that. And there are some, like, the characters when you encounter them, although the only one I know of is Wahooka, like, actually work pretty well. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the face animations in the first Fallout game and how horribly cringy those were. I do. Yes, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, these are leagues beyond that. So <laughs> And Fallout came out, like, three years later. Yeah, so that's something it's got going for, definitely. Um, I think it just fails on the execution of the core gameplay. Yeah, so. like you wander around lost in a maze and then click on things and hope that you kill them before they kill you. Like, if the combat was more engaging or like there are variations of how you could attack, I think it could have done better. I also think if the enemies had felt a little more distinct, like a lot of them end up just being like mash until die. Chris, this is one of your favorite games as a kid, right? It is, yeah. Why? And do you still enjoy it at all? <laughs> Actually, I do enjoy it. Um, Probably not one I'm going to be spending too much time playing, but I used to really like it because I was really into dungeon crawlers, and mazes actually used to be one of my favorite things to do, even in real life. Like, every year I'd go to a corn maze and get lost, and blah, 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 blah. But it's just, like you guys said, the combat system wasn't very good. But just the fact of trying to figure out the maze, like there was one time I played through and I wouldn't look at the map at all. So just, just trying... as a personal challenge. Yes, I did not get very far, obviously, because <laughs> everything looks the exact same. But it's just one of those things that the challenge isn't in the combat. The challenge was just 
going and getting through all the different, I guess, quote-unquote puzzles. I completely forgot about this, but you do pick up a dwarf companion at some point. You actually pick up a total of three companions. Simultaneously? Um, No, 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 no. Okay. No. Well, yeah, they will all be with you together. Okay. Uh, If you looked up, there's first just the one bar, the second one, and then when you get the dwarf, the first one pops up, and then there's two more over to the right. So you'll have a total of four companions, and each one has a different feature that helps you throughout the game. The dwarf, I thought, was the funniest, just because his conversations with you were made me laugh. Like, when you're in the sewers, you walk around, hey, that wall is something strange. And then the main character's like, what? How do you know? He's like, dwarven senses. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just random stuff like that. Like, the dwarf can help you uh, find secret passages. You'll walk up to a wall and be like, hey, that's not really a wall. You should try walk through it. And then, like, there's a female character that's in there that uh, is better for healing, so she'll get like healing stuff to help out your quests and whatnot. I forget who what the fourth one is, but it's kind of uh, like another weird thing, or not weird things, but there are little things like there are sound effects for like when you eat something. They're really weird, maybe not weird, but they're like almost mock worthy sound effects. Um, like there are a lot of little details that show that there are a lot of love put into this game, but like seven years worth. Yeah. <laughs> But also, there's a lot where it just kind of, like, doesn't come together. So, anyone else have any last thoughts on this game? Like I said earlier, I just don't think the core gameplay mechanic is very good. Like, I feel like you could make a cool going through a maze game, but I don't feel like this is it. And the combat is just awful. It just bored me out of it way faster than it. I've actually been bored out of most games lately. <laughs> is that an impressive feat? Huh? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I I guess. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of impressive feats, (laughs) we have a list at our website at www.lastimeofvideogames.com or www.lastpodcast.com where we maintain a list of impressive feats as performed by various video games. At the top of this list is the most impressive of feats, Chrono Trigger, which um, I guess accomplishes time travel. Good job, guys. At the bottom of our list is a game which accomplishes the feat of being worse than Echo 2, is City Connection. <laughs> in the middle of the list, we've got Blades of Steel, a game that has been in the middle of the list for so long, I feel like that's a feat on its own. It's staked its claim the list, there. So I have no idea where we're starting. I had a starting point in mind, but do you want me to take over? Yeah, you, you could probably do this from here. <laughs> All right. So the other RPG we've played with first-person maze segments is Fantasy Star, which is pretty low in the list, but that's where I wanted to start. Um, I personally think that this game is quite a bit better than Fantasy Star, if only to, like, in terms of ambition and even execution. I'll agree on ambition, although Fantasy Star is pretty ambitious for a JRPG. It's got that talk function that I will bring up every time we talk about (laughs) Fantasy Star for the rest of my life. But I also think it's combat mechanics, even though they're just generic JRPG, are a lot more functional. Um, I also feel like it starts with even more guy it. so... Uh, I don't know. I think they're about equal on that front. Zach, what are your thoughts? Did you play Fantasy Star? I don't even remember. I played Fantasy Star. I'm just really out of it right now. Um, Chris, you can pretend you played Fantasy Star. I, pretend this is the GameCube one. And <laughs> I actually do think that this game's probably a bit better than Fantasy Star. Alrighty then. I, know, I like the concept a bit more, if nothing else. Now I gotta scroll up to something that's rpg-ish well it's gonna be better than this how do we think it stacks up to final fantasy mystic quest aka final fantasy for dumb babies you know as much (laughs) as we maligned that game it it does have axes being super effective (laughs) against trees 
and I will always love it for that. Yeah, it does have some interesting, like, the all the weapons you get can also be used outside of combat, which is somewhat it's novel. It's at least an interesting idea. Yeah, it's, it's at least an interesting idea. It's somewhat novel for a JRPG. I don't know that we really ever see it again until Golden Sun. So it's got that going for it. It's not the worst game ever. It's no, it's also not. definitely not the best game ever. And I actually had more fun with Mystic Quest than with Stonekeep. And I would revisit it before Stonekeep. That might just be the Final Fantasy name, which they literally glued on to it at the end to sell more copies. But I think I prefer Mystic Quest a little bit, even though I don't think Mystic Quest is very good. And that's kind of where I was going with it is I could probably beat Mystic Quest if I really wanted to. I'm not sure I could beat Stonekeep. I don't know. It might be beyond me. <laughs> Does that mean I don't have to make a decision? Because you guys, I mean, if you don't want to weigh in, you don't have to, I guess. But. Well, the thing is, like, I, I didn't, I don't really like either one. But I, I think uh, based on like just the ambition side of things, which I usually don't place in the fact that this game actually does work well, I think I'd probably put Stonekeep above Mystic Quest, but I, I wouldn't go back and touch either one. <laughs> so, all right. So scrolling down, I'm looking for games that are maze like. And the best I can come up with is Earthworm Jim. How do we um. think it compares to Earthworm Jim and those terrible, terrible level designs that somehow turn 2D platforming going left to right into a maze? Earthworm Jim certainly has a lot more character. True. I don't know. I feel like this game has a fair amount of, well, it, this game has heart, if not character. Earthworm Jim has character. This game is Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Um, what were you talking about? Earthworm Jim. Jim. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I you got said Earthworm Jim has character. I got sidetracked. Stonekeep is Hodor. I think Earthworm Jim has character, but Jeremy's right. The level design in Earthworm Jim, in a game that should be a relatively simple idea of going left to right, and then of overcoming the obstacles, should not be that bad of a maze. I also say that Earthworm Jim didn't really add, add a whole lot to a genre. I don't know that... There, there were other games that were this genre... But I feel like they were so yeah, few and far between at the time. Earthworm Jim had so many things like the hit feedback on the bosses was terrible, i.e. non-existent. That said, I kind of feel like the Earthworm Jim boss battles are still more fun than battles in Stonekeep. No, that's that's accurate. You're, you're right, but I, I, it's one of those where I don't think either one is particularly good. But oh, I we think, are in the bottom quarter of the list. I think Stonekeep has to go above Earthworm Jim on... Uh, it's also got puzzle solving... It's got um, a little bit more gameplay elements, according to Tyler, uh, and it's more <laughs> ambitious than Earthworm Jim was, that's for sure. Do you agree with that, Tyler? Yeah, I do, actually. Zach actually made most of the points I was going to make. I just, I feel like it is larger in scope. Okay, so final question. Is it better or worse than Sonic the Hedgehog for Master System? Huh. <laughs> well, that's a question, isn't it? So Master System Sonic is a bad port of a... Game that you and I don't like that much, Tyler. Did I play that one? Yeah, this is the okay. one that... It, it's black and white. No, uh, it's, it's not black and white. You're thinking of the Game Gear one. Oh, yes, I am. Definitely thinking of the Game Gear one. Uh, it's not the one with the hang glider. I know that's not a good... Uh, well, I remember playing Sonic... That, that's Sonic 2, and I remember that one because I accidentally played the Master System version of Sonic 2 instead, instead of, of Sonic the brilliant 2. one. And was like, I remember this game being a lot better than this. And the answer was, yes, it, it is, because I played the wrong one. Uh, jeez, I can barely remember Sonic 1. It's not even the real Sonic 1. Can um, barely remember Master System Sonic 1. I seem to recall that it suffered from a lot of glitches. It didn't run nearly as fast. <laughs> yeah, it's like the rings, only one ring would pop out because the Master System could only handle one ring. It's definitely not Sonic's finest moment. And Sonic has had a lot of... Not great moments. Humiliation. 
To be fair, at this point, it's also not his worst moment. I feel like I would probably give it to Stonekeep. I think for the same reason why I said Earthworm Jim was worse than Stonekeep, I gotta give it Stonekeep over Sonic for Master yeah, System. I was basically gonna rehash Zack's arguments in that same vein, but yes. Alright, so Stonekeep will go at number 186, above Sonic for Master System, and below Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Alright. Alright. So we solved... Congratulations, Chris! <laughs> I was going to say congratulations to us. We solved Chris's Stonekeep puzzle. <laughs> so what puzzle are we going to solve next week, Tyler? Um, a variety of platforming-based puzzles and also the how to keep your baby quiet without shaking it puzzle. Because we're going to play Yoshi's Island. I'm excited for this because my Super NES Mini is collecting dust, which it would anyway because I don't touch it. I just play it with a controller. All of my consoles are coated in a small layer of dust. Because I don't dust them, that's just the smallest one, so it's on top, so the <laughs> dust is the most noticeable. But also, I saw an NES Mini in Walmart the other day, and I'm like, I should buy that. And I'm like, no, you own all the games on it on Virtual Console already, and you barely use your Super NES Mini, which actually has exclusives on it, and that you really wanted. So, yeah, I'm excited to put it to use. That's also the only recreation of Yoshi's Island that wasn't for the Game Boy Advance that's available, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, so otherwise you have to play Super Mario Advance 4, Yoshi's Island. No, it's Super Mario Advance 3. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I looked it up this morning. Okay. On Wii U slash yep. Game Boy Advance? Yeah. Yeah. Game Boy Advance, not DS. Which I've heard is a not great port, so. Yeah, it's infamous, and I'm sure Zach will hate it. Zach would hate the real version too, but he'll <laughs> hate the port even more. All right, well, I guess I don't even have to play it then, because everybody already knows my opinion on the matter. Well, yeah, but so we, we need to know how much you hate it. That's actually, this entire podcast is a social experiment to find out how much you hate specific things. Yeah, it's like that Superman story, how much can one man hate? I can hate quite a bit. So next time on Last Time, Sweet Baby Mario. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltobg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one? And then there was Dr. Manhattan. So, she's one of the... I'm just ignoring that. <laughs> That's the best thing that could happen for my joke, though, because it was played straight. I know, which is why I just generally ignore you. Um, yeah, I'm going to cut all the all the stuff in between there. <laughs> I'm editing this one. I'm going to cut all the stuff that's... <laughs>